Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Elizabeth Shaby. Elizabeth, we have a first-time guest here in the studio what, today. What? Uh, Trey Hockman. Hello, hello. Trey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on the show. This is really awesome. Trey now, is our brand new student ministry director. Yay. And I mean, besides the fact that you seem like a fabulous human being and dedicated, <laughs> we are all just so grateful yeah. to have you here. <laughs> well, I am really cherishing this honeymoon phase of, of being, you know, the new guy on staff, but everybody's been really awesome. And I, just, I really do feel like this is a great fit, so I'm having a good time. Well, that's good, because we're here to tell you the honeymoon is over. Good. <laughs> the title of the episode is just The Other Shoe Drops. <laughs> that's right. Sure, sure, sure. I'm ready for it. Uh, so you've been here now for, uh, you started at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah, about a month. Okay, so you've been here about a month. What are you? What are you? What are you feeling, man? What, what's uh, what's Northside been like? Yeah, you, for you know, the 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 best way I can describe it is a pastor friend of mine says sometimes it feels like it's just been thirty minutes, and sometimes yeah. it feels like it's been thirty minutes held underwater. <laughs> so yeah. it's a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely that drinking from a fire hose thing. I mean, this this church had so many awesome things on the calendar already planned for yeah. for the start of the new year, and so you know, the first week I was here, we sent our kids on a ski trip. Yeah. Uh, right after that, you had you know Student Sunday, and then within that time as well there was you know special outing events where I got to go and you know play putt-putt with the junior high and we did a trivia night with the parents and I've been kind of doing the Sunday school circuit with some of the adult classes and so it's it's definitely hitting the ground running um, which I wouldn't have another way like I don't like the idea of ministry just behind a desk so it's, yeah, it's I, imagine, fit. I imagine it's got to be kind of hard to jump in in the middle of school year, too. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. And it's always tricky with ministry in general because the calendar year and the school year are kind of overlapping yeah. in that way. So it's, you know, you don't really know when when's the right launch season because you've got right. all this kind of happy new year stuff, but then it's not like the it's, school year is actually going. in the middle of the year. Right, right, right yeah. exactly. So it's, it's kind of tricky with that, that for is, sure. That is one of the big, I'll say, like, uh, my experience in, in working for the church, serving at the church for 20 years now, and I'll say... That that is the one thing that seems to keep coming back and back and back is 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 is, is the beginning of the year in August or is it in January? Mm, <laughs> because yeah, for sure, I think most people think I think most people think on a school year kind of I still do I think on a school year kind yeah. of calendar right the, yeah, the, the year absolutely. starts in August it ends in May and you know nobody does anything in June and July and the tricky right? thing too is like you 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 know. The beginning of the year happened a month ago, whatever season I'm at. Right? I, right. We're always saying, like, I cannot believe it's already October. Yeah. Or I cannot believe it's yeah. Christmas or I can't yeah. believe it's Easter. So, you know, really kind of, you know, having those kind of milestone celebrations is kind of important because it yeah. reminds you that, like, oh, yeah, this is the beginning of a yeah. of a yeah. new season. But I'm also planning the next season as we're going. Right. And, right. Yeah. Moving forward. So. So tell me a little bit about your uh, your background, man. Yeah. Like, where are you from? Like, where'd you grow up? How did you? Uh, what, what's your faith story? Like, just tell, tell us a little bit about who you sure, are. Sure, yeah. yeah. Chapter one. Just, gosh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it I, was I grew, a cold night, right? <laughs> Can I tell, so, do you read? Do you read books much? Audio like autobiographies or biographies? All, all these I do. I said, he, doesn't, he doesn't read any of them. It's the wrong question. <laughs> so just for looks. <laughs> I always have a problem with with autobiographies and biographies because I really want to know more about the person. Yeah. But the first like three chapters, oh, I always skip them. It's like the history of their 
grandfather's hometown yeah. or whatever. Oh, wow. like, like, yeah, get, yeah. Just get to when he actually created the Muppets. Hey, Let's go. Like, I, exactly. Exactly. I always skip the first three chapters yeah, of yeah. any autobiography. So with that being said, the short version of the first chapters of me, I grew up in Georgia, uh, DeKalb County. I graduated okay. from Lakeside High School. Cool. And so kind of just enough OTP to, yeah. you know, we would, you know, the wild days where we would come into little five points for the, for the crazy stuff, you know, yeah. uh, yes. as, as a teen. <laughs> um, and then um, started off at college at Georgia College in okay. Nashville. Okay. Uh, got really involved with the Wesley Foundation there. Also started working at Camp Glisten. Uh, for the summers Excellent, up in yeah. uh, Dahlonega. Yeah. Great time up there. So really, did you grow up in the Methodist church? I did. Just, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. I, cool. I, was, I was a youth group kid myself, so oh, I nice. had a lot of uh, really powerful mentors, both yeah. you know, staff and clergy and lay, and and really got to see kind of... I, I was raised by a tribe, yeah. you know, and I'm a great example of that's that. A, of, that's a great word. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and just anytime I'm talking to the parents and, and the adults here, I always try to emphasize that, like, it's, it's how important that is, because yeah. I saw it firsthand. Um, mm. I was at Georgia College for uh, a couple of years, Decided that I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do yet, so I decided to uh, take a year off, which was convenient because the school decided that too when they kicked me out. <laughs> um, go to go to class, kids. That's all I can say. We have a similar story on that. Right. I, I, I always like to say college was the best decade of my life. <laughs> so um, you and I have a very similar story. Yeah. So uh, I ended up, you know, at that time I was just living in Milledgeville and delivering pizzas. You know, trying to maybe want to be rock starred. Who knows what I really had planned? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then started pouring more into other people through ministry opportunities yeah. and really seeing that calling kind of come to fruition. How and, cool! And yeah, cool. so it was really neat. Um, and what I've noticed, it might be the same for you guys. In my experience, just saying yes to God doesn't mean you're going to get all the details. So I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, pastoral ministry or, you know, I was really involved with Wesley. Does that mean I'm going to do collegiate ministry or what? And so um, through some recommendations, ended up uh, transferring to LaGrange College. Okay. And uh, got my bachelor's there because it was kind of a good, if you you ever think you might want to go to seminary, that's a great kind of pre-seminary education. Um, I've heard that before too, yeah. Yeah, you're reading the same kind of books. You're doing, you know, it's, it's a very small version of it, but it's a nice kind of intro to that culture um and then you know being that decade-long college student decided i wanted to get a little bit more real world experience and so started working in youth ministry um first church i ever worked at was actually right around the corner here in buckhead at uh, st james okay umc i was there for a number of years loved that uh and then just was working at different churches in the conference for gosh now it's been 20 something years i guess now something crazy like that since i first started doing ministry stuff and uh i've had a chance to work in all different kind of roles, um, both behind the scenes with kind of graphics and video production and, you know, kind of front of house stuff and yeah. worship ministry stuff, uh, worked with children, worked with youth, with adults. Um, and so I think the biggest thing for me is just the, that, that relationship building that happens when you yeah. can kind of plant roots at a church. And so that's, that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most now, for that's sure. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I um, want to go back a quick second to something you just said, um, saying yes to God doesn't how, how did you put it you said you saying, don't get all the details you yeah. don't get all the details for sure that that hits home for me for yeah. sure because i'm in that process of like i have found that god does not show you all of the things beyond really just you know the next the very next step absolutely and it is i, I as you were talking i was thinking like what a testament to i think God and Jesus are always trying to teach us to like be in the present moment, Uh to be mindful and to be aware and to just be where your feet are. I feel like I hear that message a lot. And so that I never thought about that as a testament to that, um, that concept, right? Like God's not gonna, you know, it's not, it's not about what's going to happen 10 years down the road. It's about what you're doing right now to serve God and to be in this life that you have been given. Yeah. 
and then also in a sense of like how we grow Mm. um you know like god's gonna keep growing you and so there's no point in saying yes or no to something you know a week from now three weeks from now three years from now 10 years from now right like god's worried and uh, paying attention to and concerned with who you are right now yeah and it's going to keep growing you and you'll be something different later but the point is to say yes to god right now absolutely and oh, how, no, thank you for and, that. And that, how, just, that was cool. You're welcome. Thank, uh, how, how cool is that also for us to teach that lesson to these students? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the middle schoolers are already being asked where they want to go to college. You know, they're already, I mean, like, God forbid you do, you know, student athletics of any kind. You're right. You're planning for the pro leagues yeah. and second grade <laughs> or whatever. And so, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of these students are coming through our doors going like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I have to remind them, like, I don't know what I want to be when yeah. I grow up. <laughs> and this idea, like, well, that's not really, you know, the bigger picture is more where does God, where, where does God want to speak to you right now? Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and then, and then the rest gets worked out and as the story progresses. But I think mm-hmm. it's a, it's an a, important lesson. that's kind of countercultural to, yeah, to what this generation is facing right now, for sure. Yeah. I think the younger you learn that too, the better. Absolutely. So on the note of teenagers, I'm curious, what is it? What is it like to get to know teenagers? Because, I mean, you're coming in, youth pastor, right? You presumably don't know these kids. For sure. Yeah. Um, what is it like to try and get to know these people? Unlock the mystery. Yeah. yeah right. Um, you know, it's 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 intimidating, for sure. Um, I think the more I talk with a lot of uh, older adults, you know, they they see that generational gap just as much as the younger people looking up see it. Mm. Um, but I think one of the things that's helped me transition from, you know, cause I've been doing youth ministry now for, for a couple of decades, I had to go from being kind of the, the big brother, cool uncle youth pastor to now, you know, I'm in my early forties that, that won't fly. You know, I'm the, I'm the kid sitting backwards in a chair being like, let's rap, you know, like, Hey, young yeah. people, you want to talk about doing alcohol? Like it doesn't work. <laughs> and so like, I'm not the big brother, cool uncle. Youth yeah. pa- I'm more the dad youth pastor. Yeah. But what I've noticed that was consistent with each generation of teenager that I've worked with is the response to sincerity. I mean, I think if you are genuinely engaged with somebody, they read that. Um, and I think that, that, that teenagers have a, just in general, from generation to generation, a natural ability to smell BS. Yeah. You can censor that if you need to. No, apologize no, that's for, good. No. But like, I, think that, I think that teenagers, and I think also this generation especially, more than in the past, they vote with their feet. And yeah. if, they're not, if they're not smelling an, an authentic connection with you, um, they, they, they let you know by not being there the next week. And so yeah. for me, it's just a matter of, you know, making sure that I'm in a place where I'm being genuine about my faith, making sure that I'm being spiritually fed, making sure that I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Um, and then my hope is that that manifests in the conversations that I have with teenagers. Um, and then the other thing is just, is just remembering the things that they say and engaging with them, just like any other good relationship, any yeah. other good yeah. dialogue. You tell me your life story. And then the next week I forget your name. Right. That, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. They, right. you know, that's a loss. Right. right. So, yeah. so, um, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of, you know, um, kind of, you know, mental tricks you have to do to remember things like that so that you can get to the point of relationships. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've noticed is I, I, you know, I typically like to, to create as many different programming and ministry opportunities as I can, not because I think programming is key in ministry, but I think that it's those moments in between the moments that create those genuine relationships. So, you know, the idea that, yeah, we're going to put a lot of effort into planning this retreat, but it's when, you know, the car ride there, that's when I actually get that, that bonding moment with you and, and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, so I think just creating as many opportunities for, for relationship as possible is helpful. Um, and then it also just takes a little bit of, you know, getting out of your own comfort zone. Um, most people are really concerned with what everyone thinks of them. Yeah. Uh, and, 
when in truth the people that they're talking to are concerned about what those people think of themselves, you know, yeah, so that kind right, of idea. Right. And so just kind of getting out of my own head about that and, and just, you know, I'm, I'm a leap before you look kind of person anyways. Um, and the other thing is just from my glisten training, I will happily be the doofiest person in the room. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Um, yeah. If anything, it's going to make you be able to put your guard down to go, look, if you're concerned about what people think about you, if you're concerned about how you may look or you may look silly or awkward or whatever, I will be the rodeo clown to your insecurities, <laughs> hey, hands down. And, that, and, you know, it's just the idea of like, I will happily be the one that, you know, you're not going to look like you're the, yeah. the lamest person in the room. I've got, you know. An office full of Star Wars toys. Game on. <laughs> that reminds nice. me of a scene from a movie. You might be familiar with this movie. You might be too. Billy Madison, right? Yeah. You remember Billy Madison? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, as, as the adult discipleship director of Northside Church, I can't suggest that anybody watch that movie. <laughs> However, from my past life, I did watch it. And there's a great scene in that movie where Billy Madison is stuck in third grade. Uh, again, for reasons I won't go into, but uh, he's like on a school field trip with a bunch of third graders and he's in the third grade and one of the kids accidentally wets themselves yeah. and he's he goes over and acts like he's wet himself. Like he's put water on water <laughs> right. and he's like, you're not cool unless you pee your pants. <laughs> and it just reminds me of like, he's, yeah. he's not afraid to be the doofiest guy, right? Like yeah. in order to save that kid's like... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. But Absolutely. Anyway. Best, line, best line in that movie is right after that. Talk about intergenerational connection. Yeah. The senior lady just says, if being in your, uh, peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's disgusting. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, I mean, but that's, that is kind of, you know, and, and there's kind of a, you know, not to be that, that parent that's like, that's a funny joke, but there's some truth in that. Yeah, like, right. But, yeah. But yeah. like, but there is, there's, I mean, there, there's something to be said about, there's kind of a bait and switch yeah. with, with a lot of younger generation ministries where it's like, look, we'll, we'll go to Six Flags. We'll do the bowling nights. We'll have the crazy fun stuff because it's fun. I want to bond with you and whatever. Right. But ultimately what I'm trying to do is, is, is build a relationship with you so yeah. that when the flood comes, we have right. our arc built yes, in, our, in our relationship. That's, that's right? a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean like if, if that means that I got to look stupid, well, I'm going to do that anyways. Yeah. And yeah. that's also part of that becoming the dad era right. Right. is like, I'm, I can't be cool no matter what. I might as well own that <laughs> right. and, and lean into the punch of it a little bit. At least you can be authentic. And I think that's For really, sure. you're really tapping into something there uh, with that whole conversation about authenticity that I think is missing in a lot of areas of church, not just in student ministries, but mm-hmm. like this idea that what people are struggling with uh a lot of times, especially when they're trying to figure out who they are, whether they're trying to do that at the age of 15 or 55, is who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that question of authenticity is something that has come to the surface in the last 10, 20 years of, mm-hmm. of especially since like social media and things like that. We we have lost our ability and our resources to kind of be authentic. We've, we've forgotten what that means. For sure. And so to model yeah. that for, for the teenagers and for the kids here at the church, I think is really incredibly important. That's something that just everyone in leadership in church should should be able to embody the authenticity. Um, and, and that's how you teach kids. Yeah, that, yeah for so. sure. And one of my classes, we're talking about the difference between what it means to know God and to be known. So we, we tend towards this knowledge of God um, or okay. of each other, right? You know, I know about you or what does scripture tell me about God? And that's the unmessy stuff, right? That doesn't require any authenticity. It's knowledge, right? It's very separate. Um, so that versus what does it mean to know God and to be known? 
by God or by other people. Sure. And that takes that authenticity and that willingness to get into that icky, icky stuff and to be, you yeah. know, awkward like we all are. And, you know, yeah. um, well, it's like going on a first date with somebody that knows your entire life story. You can't put on that, you know, you can't yeah. put on that persona. Yeah. You can't put on that, that vibe of like, yeah. oh, I'm going to, you know, because a lot of times Sunday morning kind of has that first date feel where everybody, yeah. you know, right. you wear your nicest clothes, you, you put on your nicest attitude, you know, mm-hmm. you're all smiles. You definitely are not tired. You're definitely not overworked. You're definitely yeah. you're you know, right. not under caffeinated, right. whatever. Uh, but but in truth of it, it's like going to somebody in the first day and say is like, no, I know exactly how tired you are. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to kind of, you know put that aside and take a breath and go, okay, well, let's have a real relationship. I like that. That's good. One of the the books that I'm reading for that class, the author said just something to that effect. And like, I wish that we would start every church service with confession because (laughs) how many times have you been screaming at your significant other and your children on the way to church just to park the car and then put on the smile and walk in and pretend like everything's fine. Yeah. You know, so start the church service with confession and let's just go ahead and get it out of the (laughs) way because none of you are the person that you actually want to be. So. <laughs> last uh, last Sunday, I was here with my son, who's uh, five years old. So he's he's everything a five year old is, right? He's crazy. He's hyper. He's awesome. He's great. He's, he's adorable, by the way. I met him on Sunday. He's never met a stranger. <laughs> he will say hi to everyone, including mid service as he's walking down the aisle, like whatever. And there was a moment where I was walking down the hall with him, and he was just you know just doing his thing, taking his time. I was trying to get somewhere and getting a little frustrated. And there was another dad with a child about the same age coming towards me and we both when we made eye contact kind of had this moment where we tensed up and kind of put on our fake smile and was like, good, morning, good morning there brother in Christ and, kinda, and then like we both noticed our kids and went okay yeah no let's, come on let's go and kind of had this like and, and I, I will say I think that I one, one of the things that really made me feel um the most at home was seeing how the Sunday morning worship experience really caters towards those yeah. kind of families and those parents. Yes. It, it was such a relief to see like how, how children and young people are, are just a part of the worshiping community yeah. here at this church. It really, I mean, it, it you know, I, I was telling you this before we were talking earlier today and I said, you know, you always want to work for a church where you would attend. And I'll tell yeah. you that the first time I sat in worship with my son, he was cutting up and he was doing his thing and getting distracted and yeah. he was standing up and pulling on my ear as a, as a, you know, preacher's <laughs> talking or whatever. And I was getting a little embarrassed and I looked over my shoulder and saw that there was like two other kids. They were making just as much noise yeah. and all smiles from everybody. They were, everybody knew what was yes. going on and everybody was part of it. The pastoral staff, it didn't break them, you know, they didn't, you know, yeah. get uncomfortable. And I remember going home going like, if I visited at that church, I would, I would, I would insist that we come back next week. It yeah. is absolutely for that reason. I love that we do that here. That's yeah. awesome. That is really cool. I mean, we've talked about that on this podcast many times before, like the intentionality that we had as a staff to try and create that experience. So it is really cool to hear from something you, like you just got here. You've not been yeah. part of those conversations. So for you to get here and actually experience that thing that we've been working towards, that means a lot. Oh, so for, that's oh, yeah. super yeah. exciting. Yeah. Can I, can, can I ask about that process? Like what was the, like, <laughs> I mean, there might, or just uh, tell me what episode number to go back and listen yeah, to. Yeah, right. No, this is, uh, it's a conversation that began uh, many, many years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago when we used, we used to have a children's church uh, right. uh, where the children would leave yeah. the service. And we started talking, you know, a group of us, uh, actually, I, th- I think it was on a staff retreat. Um, and uh, so we planted the seed and then we just, we, we kind of just kept talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And then when the pandemic happened, I think it was, it was 
it, man, did we make the decision before the pandemic? It's been within the last few years. Yeah. Uh, we finally just made the decision that we, we want kids in the service. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things that Dr. Bill really pushed is that, you know, we have a whole generation of kids who are growing up that don't know what worship is. Mm. Uh, and, sure. and, you know, I remember when I was a kid growing up in the church, uh, I was forced to go to church. Right. I mean, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> but, but uh you know every time the church was open we you know i grew up in a very kind of conservative tradition that was very much like you had a worship service on sunday morning but then also on sunday night and on wednesday night yeah. and you went to all three and yeah. so and i remember being a kid and i remember um being in worship and i remember how bored i was but i also remember i absorbed so much like mm-hmm. i so much of of what i believe now and who i am now came from me just like leaning down on the pew and coloring on a, on a bulletin or whatever, sure. just listening to what's going on around me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we made that decision here at Northside and I, I honestly think it's one of the best things we've ever, we've ever done as far as our worship goes. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of, I mean, I think the worship times conversation was part of that, which, you know, yeah. there's still people that are not super jazzed about changing worship times, but it, we said, you know, it's important for families to worship together and it's important to have Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And so let's make some difficult decisions and changes that will create that path for people. And so it was a process of like, what can we do to make the service more friendly for kids? Well, how can we say things? How can we act in ways that affirm, you know, parents being yeah. there with the kids? Um, having the worship bags as a resource, you know, making sure we're intentional about smiling at people yeah. when their kids are going nuts, as if to say, like, it's okay. It really is okay. It's okay. You're more stressed out than any of us, sure. you know? Yeah. It's okay. So yeah. I love just another kind of example of being able to listen for those needs and fill them. Uh, one of the first Sundays that we were here visiting, um, my son and I were with, um, and I, say, I keep saying my son and I, my wife also works for another church. <laughs> so I don't, we're, yeah. we're, we, we've learned how to kind of be a worshiping family by being active and different. You know, we have a, we have a big tribe that supports us. So yeah. I just want to that's awesome. Preface that. Yeah. I'm sure that's not um, an easy. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> we've had, we've been doing our whole career. She got the same yeah. uh, major as me. We were both knew we wanted to serve the Lord in church. Sometimes it's worked out. We've been active at the same church. Sometimes it yeah. hasn't. And it's, it's either way. It's great to have two congregations praying for you it's that's it's really cool. awesome Absolutely, yeah it's yeah. really cool but uh a few weeks ago one of, one of the first sundays that i was here with my son we went into the uh the contemporary service and he was really excited about it because he saw the stage and the band and everything <laughs> he loves music he loves live music when he can see it and as soon as the first hit from the band kicked in um he had kind of a sensory overload yeah. it happens from him from time to time just how he how he is um and you know, my own, this is my own fault, but I usually have kind of a set of earmuffs mm-hmm. or ear, earphones yeah. with him, headphones, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And we didn't have them. I didn't even think about it. And so we just went out to the lobby and enjoyed the service from the lobby. Well, after that Sunday, the, the children's minister was in a conversation with, with the children's ministry team about it. And I mentioned, yeah, I usually have these headphones and I didn't have them with me or whatever. And she's like, Oh, I've never, I've never heard of something like that before. Can you show me what that looks like? And I sent yeah. her a picture of what it was. The next Sunday she had five of them in a basket how fun. outside the worship space yeah. just in case just in case if I you've got a child it. with sensory issues here you go here's one That's way that we can, we can accommodate what you what you may need and you know it wasn't another sunday because my dumb brain doesn't have a learning curve on it and i didn't have him again and so we pulled one from the basket and my son had the time of his life in That's the worship awesome. service he was engaged he was following music he was clapping he was singing it was it was i just remember going back again one more reason why i'd be like okay this is the right church for yeah. for me and my family in this season That's great. That's really cool. So we were talking a, a minute ago about authenticity and, and a little bit about, um, I mentioned how, 
particularly in this kind of season of uh, or time or era, whatever it is we want to call it, a uh, social media, it becomes harder and harder for us to be the authentic people that we're supposed to be. It's te- te- really true for, for teenagers uh, as they engage in social media. I have noticed, though, that since you have been here, you've been really engaged with social media. I've seen a lot yeah. of videos and I've seen <laughs> posts and stuff like that, which have been great. They've been awesome. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you kind of uh, navigate that space. For sure. So first and foremost, I've had to recognize that it's a numbers game, yeah. uh, just, to, just to please the algorithm. You know, mm, consist, yeah. consistent content is key. Unfortunately, yes, yes. yes. And so, um, you know, one of the things that uh, you know, we, I've just been talking to the team about, and I was like, I don't, I don't really have a preference if it's something out of context or something. You know, that just, you know, I think too many times failure in ministry is when you only use your social media outlet to uh, to promote, right. right? And you're not really using the social aspect of right, social media. Yeah. You're not celebrating other people. Yeah. You're not engaged in conversations. Um, you're, not, you're not you're not culture building. It's just add, 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 yeah. add. Um, and eventually, you know, our eyes kind of glaze over it the same way they do when we're going down a highway and we see the billboards, yes. right? We eventually just tune out. I mean, think about how many, how many texts, how many words you see per day, right? Yeah. So I'll probably forget about your chili cook-off or whatever the thing is, you know? Um, so, so yeah, the one thing was just consistent content that was also culture building. Yeah. Um, then the other thing too, we, we, this is even just in general with ministry, um, years ago when I was working for a, a church plant up in Gwinnett County, um, we did a lot of kind of demographic research and like, you know, Barna studies and things like that. And one of the things that it said was more modern, I mean, modern families now forget the percentage number, but it basically said the average American family identifies themselves as a active church going family if they attend worship once a month yeah oh wow um yeah totally different than what you were saying earlier yeah. with you know this the three times wow. a week and if you missed one of them you feel guilty you're right? inactive to- i mean families have <laughs> a we busier- move you from the movie yeah. from the role right. you, you missed something happen yeah <laughs> uh but no just now it's, it's it's just once i mean you got sports schedules yep. you got right. life i mean work so what that had to teach me was that if they're only going to be there once a month then that one time that they're here needs to be the the level of care and intentionality of of our best Sunday, yeah, of our best service, right? Yeah, like I, I I hate the phrase just another regular Sunday. That always bums me out yeah. because for somebody coming in that has a, a a spiritual transformation, it wasn't just a regular right, Sunday, right? You know, and it was it was it was a, it was a Sunday they're going to mention in their testimony. So if they're taking that to social media, then if you're only on Facebook or Instagram or whatever once every couple of weeks and you only catch one of our posts mm-hmm. yeah is that one post going to going to be enough of a culture storytelling thing yeah. that it can kind of get that so i think just yeah consistency and and then also like i mean if you weren't there at the event we wish you were yeah but here's what you missed you know yeah. and i love that kind of not not full-on fomo kind of to it yeah. but a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, you know little bit, yeah. yeah um and if anything it gets them excited about what's next i think that's you know and and i think also one of the things that a lot of ministries struggle with is uh something that i call rose-colored hindsight right where it's that you look back at the good old days and yeah. oh man last year's retreat was so cool or whatever right. and so if you're constantly putting out content celebrating what you did last week that nostalgia gets a little bit muddier yeah because you're nostalgic about something that happened yesterday right, right? so it doesn't you're like is it really nostalgia or is it just we do cool things you know? okay. right yeah. Like and so, yeah so it's kind good. of that That's like really good. Yeah. yeah um and then you know just again celebrating what's next right yeah. like always kind of looking forward to to whatever the next event is or the next thing is yeah. next way to celebrate I really hear uh, in, in the way that you're talking about stuff like this and uh, the conversations we've had, like it seems to me, and, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it, it feels like your kind of philosophy here 
is that you're not really competing with the other things that are happening in a, in a youth's life. You're not really trying to compete with that. You're just trying to be here present for when that youth needs to be here or when that, when, when that youth needs you or whenever that youth can be here, but you're not trying to like, you know, I think a lot of youth ministry, I fell into this problem when I, when I was doing youth ministry is that I'm, I'm always, I felt like I was trying to compete with, you know, mm. football or I'm trying to compete with yeah. all the other social activities that are happening. And I'm trying to have the biggest tent in town so I can have the most fun carnival. And sure. And then I, I think I lost a lot of, uh, or definitely tended to, to, to get muddied in the, in the message that I was trying to, to deliver. Yeah. Mm. I think that, I think that there's definitely a difference between, uh, competition and being countercultural. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that that's a really good question. It's a good way to put it. Um, I think for me, and this is going to sound however it sounds, but I, I'm not really competitive with things that can't compete with me. <laughs> and then if we're talking about the big picture of spiritual <laughs> yeah. formation, yeah, great that you're an athlete, but that has yeah. nothing to do with your spiritual life and the point that they conflict, yes. right? They're competing yeah. because we have professional athletes that are devout Christians. Yeah. We have professionals in, in the modern workplace that have an incredibly deep and strong faith. Yes. So instead of saying you can either be A or B, what we're trying to say is, well, no, the church can be a part of that. Yeah. Your faith can be a part of that. And, and realistically, you know, for some of these students at most in what, eight years, yeah. we're going to, we're going to lose them to, mm-hmm. to, to the world. They're going to go off and graduate and right. high school, mm-hmm. or, you know, they're going to leave high school and go to college and, and, you know, have we equipped them enough so that they don't feel like it's either church or a social life yeah. or church, you know, my, my faith yeah. or a girlfriend or, yeah. you know, my faith or a job or, right. you know, my spiritual disciplines or the basketball team. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, ultimately the church needs to be a, a, a safe place that they can always return back to. And my hope is that we can also equip them, you know, not necessarily, you know, what to think, but a way to think Yeah. so that when they go out into the world or they do have a busy schedule, guess what? Parents are going to have busy schedules too. Adults are going to have busy schedules too. What does that look like as a disciple of Christ? Yeah. When you have a stressed schedule, Mm -hmm. when, when, when tragedy hits, when, when you've got just, when you're tired and you just don't feel like getting up and going to small group, you know, what does that, what does that look like? And so, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's competitive because I don't necessarily want to be that, um, anti that yeah um yeah. because That's i think really good a lot of churches try to try to fight that you know like i wish we were wish they didn't have sports but well they do and so get over it and, yeah. and be the church yeah. and if i had known that in my Love 20s right <laughs> if i had known in my 40s i yeah. still i still struggle with it it's That's still really that, good, that, that i, I like with, that yeah. attitude yeah uh i don't know I just, that's very um uh, formational maybe is the word I'm looking for. Like as I, I really appreciate that philosophy of church. Like how do we, and it, it strikes me as very, um, um, in the world, not of the world. Right? Sure, how sure. do we do that as the church? How do we teach you how to, and prepare you to be in your life belonging to Jesus and putting those two in conversation, yeah, not yeah. Uh, one or the other. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, that's, that's, that's what the philosophy of this podcast and, and the ministry that I do here at Northside is all about is, is that dialogue between the different parts of our lives, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so you're doing dialogic youth ministry. I didn't even know what the like word it. meant. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning Russian all of a sudden. <laughs> this is like a whole, a whole thing. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, Terry, as one of the things that I ran into uh, as a youth minister um, was parents who would come to me and say, 
what are you going to do to make sure that my kid grows up as a Christian and is spiritually stable and has the foundation that they need to go on, like you were talking about before, sure. uh, into the life? And my answer was always like, well, I'm going to do fun things. We're going to do Bible study. We're going to go out and do the fun things, and we're going to learn about Jesus, and then we're going to fellowship and, and grow in relationship. But ultimately, uh, your kids are going to learn faith from you and how you model faith at home. Um, what kind of relationship do you see yourself having with with parents in, in that kind of partnership that you guys are having in, in raising these kids together like Absolutely. what how do you how do you do that i mean i definitely believe in a family-based youth ministry i mean absolutely you, you, you hit the nail on the head like just looking at the numbers yeah the two hours i get with them per week is nothing compared to the whatever hundreds that you do yeah. as a parent um one of the things i always like to to tell parents anytime they they, if they go out of their way to talk to me about their child whether it's a concern for a specific issue or just you know is there any way to be equipped or this is going on what do i do or you know whatever the first thing i always want to empower them with is just thanking them for having that conversation with me yeah Yeah. because something a lot of times the 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 parents that are coming in because they want to talk about their kid they want to talk about their child's faith development that's already ahead of the game. Yeah. Right. And there's a, um, there's a quote that I keep up in my office from a, uh, from a, a picture frame that was given to me when I graduated from high school from my youth pastor. And one of the things in that quote says, I don't always know what I'm doing, but I do know that the sole fact that I want to please you pleases you. Yes. And I think that if we can remind parents that just, just the fact that you care about their child's faith development means that there is a seed there yeah. for that faith development to grow. Um, and then the other example is to, to, to live by example. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of the diet and exercise theory of, 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 you know, just like, what does it take to be healthy? Oh, diet and exercise. Okay, cool. What's the, what's the magic trick to that diet? No, just, just eat healthy and exercise. (laughs) Right. But like what kind of pill or program or plan? No, just diet and exercise. And what does it take to, to have a strong faith? It takes prayer. Takes reading scripture, takes worship, it yeah. takes acts of service. You know, having that heart. We, you know, what do we say when you join the church? Prayers, presence, gift, service, witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but what's the key to that? It's prayers, presence, yeah. gift, yeah. service. <laughs> not more complicated it. than yeah. that. Yeah. But what um, verses should I be reading, or what prayers should I be praying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, like in the meantime, yes, we can we can course correct things, or I can give some extra little like. Actually, I read this book recently that's really great, right. or we watched this thing, or we went to this event, or that's a good point. I'll talk about that in my next talk or whatever, but. But yeah, I mean, you have to just kind of be, you know, you're, you're creating disciples, which yeah. means that they're students, which means they're learning. Yeah. So are you. Uh, Do you see yourself in, in ministry to the parents themselves as Absolutely. well? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had a chance already to speak in uh, Sunday school classes for some of our um, last Sunday. I spoke at the, the parents of teens class. Mm-hmm. I'll be speaking at the parents of confirmation class. Um, that's why we do things like we did a parents versus trivia night yes. the other night. That's it, a great idea. It was I mean, fun. Was Don't fun. get me wrong. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Pastor Bill complained that there was not enough uh, older generation questions. He, said <laughs> he wanted was, some boomer stuff in there. He said it was very 90s heavy. And my response was, well, when we do a grandparents versus youth yeah, trivia night. Right. Uh-huh. And I think my job security might have been a little shaky there. Um, but yeah, like we do those kind of things. Again, that kind of that bait and switch where it's like, yeah. look, this is a guy you can trust to come through with stuff. Yeah. And this is a community. My hope is that when you when you do go to stuff like the parents of trivia or parents yeah. you know parents of teens Sunday school class or the parents versus youth trivia nights or whatever we do 
it's not necessarily even me that you're bonding with, but it's the other parents at the table mm. and going yes. like, oh, they got to deal with SAT stuff too. Or what did you guys do about prom? Or how did yeah. you guys handle, you know, middle school, whatever, whatever. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah, I think that's totally a, a valuable asset. And anything I can do to empower and facilitate that is, is always going to be uh, moving, moving the kingdom forward for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good answer. I approve yes. of your answer. Well done. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> well, Trey, I have to say, man, uh, I have been a long believer in the idea that being the youth minister at a church is the hardest job in the church. It is a job that comes with the highest expectation, with the with the with a level of, um, uh, I don't know. I, I I've always found it to be one of the more difficult jobs in the church. So I applaud you. I'm so glad that you were here. You, yeah. The way that you're talking about it and the spirit that you're bringing to uh, Northside is fantastic, and we're really really excited. Well, I'm excited too. Do through you, man. I'm excited to, to. I'm excited that the team is going to keep growing. You know, yes. we're in we're in the process now of of bringing in even some some more staff. We have we have an awesome youth ministry team. And I'll even preface to say the one of the reasons why this feels like such a good fit is because of the foundation that was set by yeah. uh, the team before I came on yeah. board. We've got just an incredibly talented, gifted team of people that think the way that I just don't think in yeah. terms of logistics and planning and, and organizing. And, and, you know, I kind of described it to my wife as like, you know, that, that you, you've spent hours building that 500, you know, whatever thousand piece puzzle. And then that satisfaction of putting in that right last piece, Yes, uh, that right uh, last piece by itself is not a value, but the fact that it like, I I feel like that's kind of what I've done when I've come in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of rounded out. I think of the ministry in in a way that's going to be really positive and and we're not done. We're going to keep growing and, and see what's next. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you so thank much you. for joining us today. Yeah. And uh, Elizabeth, Great. thank you for being here. Guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye.